being somebody who's from the swamp, I have spent many a day and many a night hiking, exploring, and even swimming in many bayous, swamps, and marshland all over the south. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true scary stories from the swamp. Now, you'd think given my name this is something I would do more often, but it is rare that I even get sent stories based in the swamp. So if you have a scary story from the swamp and you would like me to do more episodes like this, be sure to send your scary swamp story to swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true swamp horror stories. This one happened to my older son several years ago. Based on limited knowledge of local history and that he never said these sorts of things before and the level of fear he had while saying them, well, I honestly believed him. So, we live in the countryside. Horses, sheep, tractors, a tiny village population where the most outrageous crime that occurs is usually somebody yanking a motor off of a boat. Also, we live on a rather small island. My son would walk to school every single day, which was not very far, perhaps just a mile or two. Along the way, there is a small swampy area. Half an acre of that is usually populated with ducks and horses. I have been to this place many times on my own, as it had that feel to it. An off sort of feeling. Like you are always being watched by something or someone. I have been chased out of there a couple of times by angry bees and even a hawk once. Now, I approach respectfully, and all is well, for now. For about a week, several years back, my son would get home agitated until he eventually said he did not want to walk to school anymore. I asked why this was, and he tells me that whenever he walks past this swamp area, some weird lady talks to him. Of course, my mommy hackles rise, and I ask what lady, did he know her, what did she say, etc. It is not unusual for people out here to be friendly, and my son is a friendly guy who hardly ever has an issue chatting up perfect strangers, but to see him so upset was really worrying. He said he has never seen her before, so he does not know what she looks like. So, that was weird. Now, I'm quiet and just I just let him talk. He tells me she knows his name, and she'll say it when he walks by. At first, it was only the first letter of his name. She would ask him to come into the trees, and that's why he's never seen her. She's hiding in the trees. But that was it. Sometimes... He would hear whispers, but could not really hear what was being said. Of course, I give him rides to school until he feels better, and I tell him to stay out of that area. Not because of the lady, honestly I played it down, but because when it gets wet it can get dangerous, so best just to stay out. So, I tell my husband while we were having coffee with his dad. They both grew up out there. They're an old farm family, and this swamp area used to be owned by my husband's grandfather. His dad got quiet and even a bit concerned. He tells us that about 50 some odd years ago, there was a small family who lived up the road. A husband, a wife, and one small son. The husband was an ass and beat his wife and treated her like a house slave. 
When their son got a little older and started school, the wife killed herself. In the swampy area, to be exact. The woman laid her face down in some water and drowned herself. They found her there several days later. Eventually, the husband died, but the son still lives around here and rides his three-wheeler back and forth to the grocery store almost every single day and past that swamp. I have not mentioned yet, but I am a practicing witch, so I won't go into too much detail, but let's just say I did some witchy things, and now there are no more whispers to my son. Now, I know this comes from a child, so it is not the most reliable, but the backstory and all the odd stuff that happened when he was a baby talking to the corners, laughing at the ceiling, hearing drawers open and shut in his room late at night while he was sleeping in a crib. I just think maybe it was an old relative keeping watch, to which there was a conversation about maybe not rearranging his clothes in the middle of the night due to noise. To this day, my son will not go down there, but has no problems with the walkway. To my knowledge, no one has ever been hurt while there. I know she is still there, and honestly, she just seems lonely and sad. I will not be surprised if it all goes quiet when her son finally passes. Don't go out at night, my mama told me. They're gonna take you away from me and leave me all alone out here in the swamp, boy. They took your daddy, and they aren't taking my boy, too. That's what she told me as a kid. I thought it was just to scare me from staying out too late. I know now, that was not the only reason. My name is Trevor Lafayette, born and raised in Cajun country in the bayou of Louisiana. I moved inland for college, after getting a full ride to LSU. My mama did not get extremely far, dropping out of high school soon after marrying my father and having me. My dad was a good man, and I have many fond memories of him. When Dad disappeared, so did a lot of our income. Mama did sew and repaired nettings for traps and things like that on the side since she had no formal education. But she worked hard, going into town, working long nights and even longer days. She hardly slept. Luckily, I was an only child, because if I had siblings, I do not think we would be able to make it, even with the welfare. The moment I was old enough, I went to work flipping burgers, landscaping, construction, whatever I could do after school to help my mama. I wanted to drop out, but she would not let me. You're going to be better than me, boy. Better than your father. God bless him. You are going to go to college and make a name for yourself. Marry a good woman and give me lots of grandbabies to feed. Now, get that work done. No supper till these numbers is all right. She put a lot of pressure on me, but I knew why. Life was hard for us, but we were happy. My mother was a good woman and did her best to give me the best life possible. When I graduated with full honors at the top of my class, my mama was practically drowning in her tears from all of the joy. I got a degree in computer science. Even though I lived in poverty for most of my life, I was always good with computers. Years went by, and I made a point to visit my mama as much as possible. By now, I had a bit of money and owned a home in Baton Rouge. I also had a wife and a kid on the way. The news of that made my mama get up and dance, despite her age. She sat my wife and me down and made us a large meal. My wife was eating for two, after all. Another year went by and I got a call from a neighbor. My mama had passed away in her sleep. I left on my own, leaving my wife and child back home, as I did not want a trip to be so stressful for them. 
and I said my goodbyes and went back home. The funeral was small as my mother did not want to have too many friends there, and it would have killed me if we made it a large event. We buried her that day, and her will was read. She left me all she had, including the house. After the will was read, the lawyer handed me a sealed envelope, yellow with age. It was addressed to me and bore my mother's handwriting. It said, Trevor, remember when your daddy disappeared? Well, there is a reason behind it. It was not any loose woman. It was not any money problems. It was not any regular reason. Your daddy was taken by Le Faux Filet, also known as the Lights in the Swamp. I watched as they put him under their spell and took him into the muck. I tried to drag him back, but you know how strong that man was. He just kept walking, till I had to let him go. I knew we both could not die here, because there was still you to take care of. By now you have grown, and I am in the dirt, waiting to see your daddy again. Do not follow the lights in the swamp, Trevor, especially if you've got a family. Do not make a widow. I love you, and be a good boy. Tears streamed down my face as I read the letter. I had loved the memory of my father, but I hardly knew the man. But my tears had hints of bitterness in them. Why did my mother lie to me in her final letter? She never told me why dad left when I asked, and now I would never know. I set about cleaning the house, getting rid of junk, and collecting precious family items. Before long, night had fallen, and the din of the swamp grew to an incredible volume. I opted to spend the night in my old home, which felt strangely empty without my mother running about, scolding me and getting ready for her next shift. Patting my pockets, I realized I had forgotten my charger in my car. With the phone nearly dead, it is not something I could let be. Exiting the house, I heard a shout and the sounds of somebody thrashing in the water, trying desperately not to drown. I sprinted down the stairs and looked towards the sound. That's when I saw it. A light blue flame over the swamp, hovering just over the water's surface, illuminating something just below, as well as a small boat nearby. By now, the yelling and splashing had gone silent. When I went to call the cops to arrange a rescue, I found my phone had died, since I was using it as a flashlight. Cursing to myself, I ran back inside to the house and dug up an old flashlight, shining it towards the water. I tried to get a closer look, only to stop when I felt the warmish water snapped me out of my trance and turned away to go inside and try the landline. Something I should have done when I was searching for the flashlight. That is when I heard it. Trevor, my boy. I knew that voice. It was my father's. But that should be impossible. I could not stop myself. I turned and looked again. This time, there were three lights hovering, illuminating the water even further. I could barely make out a hominid shape under the water. I knew it must have been whoever was thrashing and was probably drowning. I ran to the dock and prayed the John boat was still there. It was not, meaning Mama had probably moved it into the shed. This would take time the person did not have, but I had to try. I dragged the boat from the shed to the water's edge and began to row towards the lights. Trevor, come here, quick. My mother's voice? No, it could not be. I knew she was dead. I had just buried her. Shaking my head. I focused on making my way towards the light, to save this person. As I neared, I noticed the boat was gone, having most likely drifted away. I was nearly at the lights when they suddenly went out, leaving me in total darkness. I grabbed my flashlight and shined it into the water, desperately searching for the person. 
I spotted a jacket and grabbed it, pulling the figure onto the boat, flipping them over to perform CPR. I noticed their face and fell back. It was me. It was my face, motley blue and partially eaten. Suddenly its eyes and mouth opened, emitting a hellish laugh accompanied by a toothy grin. Lights began to surround the boat, whispering in voices I knew. I threw the figure over the side, which only caused it to laugh louder and louder. I eventually got it out, but instead of the feeling of a metal seat beneath me, I felt water envelop my body. Shocked, I could hardly move, but soon I began struggling for the surface. I felt my arms grab my legs, and the toothy grin of my doppelganger looked up at me and began to drag me down. After struggling more, I passed out and accepted my fate. I woke up to bright lights in my eyes and the sound of an ambulance ringing in my ears. I looked around a bit more before passing out once more. The next time I awoke, I saw my wife seated next to me asleep, but her face was contorted with worry. Hey, I said weakly, grabbing her hand. She bolted up and began to cry. A nurse entered checking a few things and left to retrieve a doctor. They ran some tests to make sure my head was alright, and when the doctor sat down to explain what happened, some people who were gigging for bullfrogs heard you shouting all sorts of things from Get off me to Mama, Daddy, where are you? Don't leave me again. When they saw you throw yourself off the boat, they rushed over. By the time they got to you, you basically had died. Luckily, they were able to keep you alive until an ambulance could arrive to get you here. You must have had one hell of a guardian angel. Hardly anyone comes back with their lungs full of water. We are going to keep you here for another day or two to make sure you do not degrade or experience any dry drowning. I'll leave you alone with your wife. With that, they left and my wife wiped away her tears. I could tell that she was also furious. What the hell were you thinking? Throwing yourself into the swamp like that? We have a daughter for Christ's sake. I know you're grief-stricken over your mother's death, but this is ridiculous. Why did you try to kill yourself? Her tears began to flow again. I held her close and let her cry for a moment. I then let her in on everything that happened, from my mother's weird letter to all those weird sightings I was, I don't know. My wife was skeptical as I was, but she did her best to understand. After I recovered, my wife and I drove home, left the swamp behind, I sold my childhood home as I did not want to put my family in danger ever again, and I pray that whoever bought the house never sees those lights, because they are nothing but evil. Hey Swamp Folk, when it comes to car and home insurance, don't we deserve better? I know I do. I put my policy to the test and turned to Gabby. They literally stand for get a better insurance. Getting better insurance with Gabby means a better price for the same insurance coverage. It's actually wild that something like this even exists, and I'm super stoked that it does. Gabby is free to use with no obligation. None of your info is sold or stolen. They are the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, all in one place. 
You can use your insurance information to get started in just a few minutes, and you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. And, like I said, it's free to use. Swamp folk, you know I'm not going to promote something or have a sponsor that I don't believe in myself. I put in my own information and had 10 quotes pretty much instantly. It's very simple, and it made me realize that I was overpaying. For quite a long time, I had been with my old insurance company for five years. It's really easy. You can log in with your current insurance provider, and you'll be able to see all the quotes that are available to you. I myself saved $322 using Gabby. Most Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. Put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash swamped. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash swamped. Gabby.com slash swamped. Now, back to the stories. Back when I was pursuing my PhD in zoology at UL Lafayette, I chose to write my thesis on the life cycle of the biology of the alligator snapping turtle. This meant I spent an awful lot of time out at the Atchafalaya National Wildlife Refuge, a one million and a half acre area of hardwood swamps, lakes, and bayous about 30 miles west of Baton Rouge. It is a uniquely beautiful and awe-inspiring place, but it is wild. One of those areas of the country that has barely been conquered by humanity, and coming from Chicago, I had never seen anything quite like it. But as soon as I had come to love this area, I had one of the most terrifying experiences of my entire life whilst lost in the swamp out there. An incident so intensely terrifying that I had to put my studies on pause for a matter of months to recover. I have decided to write down what I went through as a form of cognitive behavioral therapy in the hopes that it will help me deal with some of the unresolved traumas that followed me out of the swamps. Whether or not it will help, I cannot tell just yet, but I sincerely hope it does, as frankly, I have been unable to completely be happy or content with myself since it happened. So, without further ado, this is my story. It all started the morning my research partner and I were supposed to drive out to Atchafalaya for another long day of study and observation. The weather had been abominable over the previous few weeks, and we had picked a time during what appeared to be a brief break in the rainy season. It might be the only period for weeks where it would be feasible to undertake such a research trip, but on the morning we were due to depart, I awoke to a text message saying he was feeling severely under the weather. He apologized, but told me he would not be able to accompany me. I was disappointed in the extreme, but like I said, the following few days looked like they would be the only time I would get any sizable chunk of my research complete. So, as foolish as it was, I loaded up my gear into my car and drove out into the swamps, alone. I drove out to the small town of Plaquemine, just on the edge of the Atchafalaya, parking up near a small mom-and-pop joint to get some grill aids and grits before my hike into the swamps. I was in a bad mood marching in there alone, and I had to carry a little extra equipment since I could not spread the load with my research partner. This made the walk out to my preferred observation spot much more tiring than usual. I mean, it is crazy how just a little extra weight can make a long hike that much harder. But anyway, 
I am on my way out to a place called Upper Flat, a big stretch of water near Little Tensis Bayou. When suddenly, I start realizing that I do not recognize any of the terrain. This was weird as hell, as I had made this journey like at least 50 times before. Too many to really keep track of, but I figured I had only strayed just a little bit off course, and I could find my way back onto my regular trail in no time. It was just a case of finding out which direction I had moved off in and making the appropriate course correction. Only when I could get my compass out, I see the little needle spinning around wildly, like whirling around in a circle. It was propelled by something, but I couldn't tell what. I gave it a little tap, shaking it up, but it carries on doing the same thing. It was not like it was a cheap compass either. It was a Sunto KB-14. And they are some of the best compasses on the market. That one set me back almost 200 bucks, so I fall back on the compass on my iPhone, which is even less reliable but works off GPS as opposed to the Earth's natural magnetic forces. But again, not only does it refuse to calibrate, but I realize I have absolutely no bars on my phone either. That was not normal. The cell reception is not the best out there, but I always get something, even if it's just a single bar to send text. I'm beginning to get a little worried by that point, as I have basically got no method of reaching the outside world if something goes wrong. But it is either push on and get my day's research done or walk back the way I came facing messing up my entire thesis. And I do not know if I can really come back from that. Honestly, I don't even know the way I came, and I don't even know how to get back to Plaquemine by this point. So, I foolishly decided it would be better to push on as opposed to turning back. One of the single, biggest mistakes of my life. So I am walking for another hour or so, hopelessly lost in a place I somehow barely recognize. When I begin to smell smoke coming through the trees, I figured it was some campers or hunters out there, which would be highly unusual for the wet season, but at least they would be able to point me back in the direction of Upper Flat. I follow my nose as the smoky smell gets more and more intense until I start to see the smoke itself wafting through the trees. That is also about the time I began to hear the slow, rhythmic sounds of a banjo being plucked, just out of sight. It's not some jolly Cajun tune either. The sounds are discordant, ominous even, and the hairs on the back of my neck begin to stand on end as I finally begin to see this little wooden shack coming into view. I can see the campfire by that point, and the sounds of the banjo are floating out of a small window in the shack. I am nervous as hell, but I speak up anyway, calling out, Hello? and asking if anyone is home. And even though I know damn well there is, I was just trying to be polite, you know? This angry-looking face appears in the window in an instant. A face I will never forget. This guy's skin looked like leather, all wrinkled and cracked while the darkest eyes I have ever seen stared around from sunken eye sockets. He had a beard and mustache, but it was all dark, ratty, and patchy. The hair made him look more like a vermin than a man. There was some rustling from inside, before the guy stumbled out from the shack's door staring at me from the wooden steps. I apologized for my intrusion, and then asked him if he knew which direction I could find Upper Flat. He did not say a word at first, just carried staring at me, like I was somewhere I did not belong, which I suppose was exactly the case. 
I then took to reassuring him that I did not want to take any of his time, that I was a little lost and all I wanted to do was find my way back toward Little Tensis. Uh, he spoke something in a drawl of Cajun French, and I had honestly no idea what he was saying. I had picked up a little French since moving to Louisiana for school, but I am not about to pretend it was any good. The man just shook his head and then said something that sounded like a question that included the word traitor, I, I think. For those of you who do not know, in Louisiana, a traitor is what they call someone who practices so-called faith healing, whose primary method of treatment involves what is known as laying hands, an important part of Creole and Cajun folk religion. Apparently, they combine Catholic prayer, medicinal remedies, and occasionally voodoo rituals. Or at least, I thought they did. I genuinely did not think they were, honestly, any of them left, assuming the practice had long died out. Yet, apparently not. I asked what he meant, with a chuckle, in my terrible French, trying to be as disarming as possible as not to irritate the man any further. He did not laugh. He did not smile. He just got mad. Really mad. He started growling things in French and I just did not understand, pointing at me accusatorily as he seemed to get angrier and angrier. I started to back off slowly at that point, hands raised in the air as to say, I don't want any trouble. But somehow, that just makes him more irate. And he is then opleptic with rage as he pulls out this huge gator jawbone knife from behind his back and starts pointing it at me. A knife on its own would have been intimidating enough. But seeing the blunted alligator teeth that made up the handle? Jesus, that was about what scared the life out of me. I thought once I was out of there, I would be okay. But as I am walking back through the forest pretty shaken up, he starts screaming in French and whistling. Only when I look over my shoulder, just to make sure he's not giving chase, I notice something that turns my blood cold. He's not screaming at my back. He is not whistling at me either. He is screaming and whistling into the forest. It did not quite hit me at first. I just peered over my shoulder, wondering what he was doing. But then I realized he was calling others, telling them there was an intruder or whatever. I tried to move as quickly as I could without running. Do not get me wrong, I was terrified. But the bayou is not a place to go blindly springing among the greenery. Aside from gators and occasional cougar sightings, Louisiana is home to the cottonmouth snake. Although it's not outright deadly, their venom contains an anticoagulant, meaning that the wound won't clot. Cottonmouth bites have been known to be fatal, and without treatment, certainly require amputation. So I am sort of jogging and bounding away from the shack as fast as I can, keeping my eyes on the ground so I do not get myself bitten. I go for about 20 minutes or so until I feel like I'm safe. Eventually, I feel like I'm far enough away from that angry Cajun to resume a walking pace. I felt exhaustion, setting in at that point. I'm sweating through my clothes and I'm completely and utterly lost. My compass and phone are still not working at all, and the further I walk, the more I am panicking. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of the swamps by sundown, in which case I really would be screwed. But just as I am starting to feel relatively safe again, I hear something like a twig snapping behind me before I get this horrible feeling in my gut like someone is following me. I do a quick 360 making sure I cannot see anyone, which I do not. The bayou seemed as still and quiet as ever, yet the feeling did not abate. I am still convinced that someone is out there just beyond my vision, watching me with unseen eyes. I start moving more quickly again, bounding through the trees until I am almost certain I can hear a car driving in the distance. 
I was close to the road. I was sure of it. But right as I start to move off in that direction, someone steps out from a tree just from the side of me. They were all dressed in black, bare-chested with reddish-brown skin that was riddled with strange-looking tattoos. Over their face was a mask that looked an awful lot like the front section of a human skull, and in their hand was a huge, black blade of some kind. To this day, I have never seen anything quite like it. This was the most utterly terrifying thing. I don't know whoever or whatever walked out from behind that tree, but I just hope I never see that thing again, or anything even remotely like it. Whether or not they intended to do me harm or just scare me out of the area, I cannot completely really say for certain, but I sure as hell did not want to wait around to find out. I forgot about the cotton mouse and just ran as fast as I could, sprinting through the trees as I heard this guy following me. It was honestly horrifying, straight out of a horror movie. I could hear him panting just a few meters behind me, the whole way until I burst through this quick patch of bushes onto the highway behind it. I ran out in front of a car which almost smashed into me, honking its horn with a driver going crazy. I ran around to the guy's driver's side window and begged him to let me in. At first he told me to go to hell and almost drove off on me, but I begged the guy. I mean, I really begged him. I don't know if it was the haggard way I look or if it was the genuine terror in my voice, but eventually he agreed to let me in. I told him what had just gone down in the bayou, and I asked him if he had ever seen or heard anything like that. He told me no, but also mentioned that he knew way better than to be walking around the bayou on his own like that, and that I was stupid for doing that. He was kind enough to drive me back over to Plaquemine, to where my car was parked, and I thanked him profusely for potentially saving my life. I offered him some gas money, but he told me no, that there was no way he was about to take money from me for just doing the right thing. That is something I never forgot about Louisiana. Just how kind and generous people could be. How that whole thing about the southern hospitality was absolutely true. But I also have never forgotten about that man in the bone mask. The man who haunted my nightmares for months afterward. And almost ruined my whole time at college. Since like I said, I had to put my studies on pause just to get over that. So please... Do not go walking in the bayous of Louisiana alone, because there are people out there that are seriously averse to the intrusions of outsiders. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true swamp horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that helps us reach fresh new eyes. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new video, as I upload them almost every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this a 5-star rating, as that helps me a ton. If you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's from a swamp or something else, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I'd have to say that last one was mine. I could not imagine running into some crazy swamp folk who are just trying to make me their next meal. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free. 
from iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. And like I said, it's absolutely free to do so, and always will be. If you guys have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to comment them down below. I'd love to see what you guys have in mind. Thank you, as always, for supporting The Swamp the way you do. If you'd like to support The Swamp, outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving the podcast a five-star rating, maybe check out the merch store. I have t-shirts, face masks, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys repping some cool Swamp threads. Anyways, thank you all so much for supporting The Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. I'll see you soon with another creepy video.